The Israeli defense minister tonight saying that there is intense fighting inside Gaza City, one of the most densely populated cities in the world. Gaza City, of course, is the biggest city in the Gaza Strip. The defense minister of Israel, Yoav Gallant, says soldiers in Gaza City have described Hamas fighters as coming out of underground tunnels from underground buildings, uh, under, from underground buildings, hospitals, and schools. So they're saying that they're, they're basically coming out of those tunnels and engaging in street fighting. Of course, a battle in Gaza City, bloody and deadly. Israel also already announcing today that it is burying the dead from one of the deadliest days in the history of its ground operations in Gaza on the Israeli side. A total of 15 soldiers were killed there on Tuesday, according to Israeli defense forces. But this all comes in the context of the loss of life in Gaza itself. And worldwide, worldwide outrage is hitting a boiling point after Israel admitted its airstrikes caused a second explosion in just 24 hours in the Jabalia refugee camp. These are before and after pictures. You can see the densely populated area decimated. The director of the New York High Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights resigning over the UN's response to the situation in Gaza, which he described as a, quote, textbook case of genocide. But we have a special report on the strikes on that refugee camp. And IDF spokesman Jonathan Conriquez is also here to respond. But amidst the losses and the incredible suffering, a glimmer of hope for some today, some innocent civilians finally being allowed to leave the 25-mile-long Gaza Strip. An Egyptian official telling CNN that 361 foreign nationals have now left Gaza, entering Egypt through that Rafah border crossing. That includes the American pediatrician Barbara Zind, who we've been following on this program. Here are images of Dr. Zind making her way out of Gaza, where she had been sleeping in a car with other people, witnessed violence and fights over scarce food, and witnessed a toilet shared by 800 people. Uh, we've, we've been speaking to her over these past weeks, and her husband, we're told she is now in Cairo. In a moment, I'm going to be speaking with her husband, uh, who will be with us. But despite this welcome news for 361 people, the context here is that more than 2 million are still stuck in Gaza, and 240 of them are hostages still being held captive by Hamas from the October 7th terror attack. Earlier, I spoke to Rotem Cooper. His parents, his mother and father, both kidnapped back on October 7th. After 17 days in captivity, uh, his 79-year-old mother, Nareet Cooper, is free. He told me more about what she experienced while being held captive. The hard thing about it is, is being uh, deep in the ground. Uh, with um, You don't know pretty much night from day. Uh, power outages can be quite humid. To imagine that, not knowing night from day, and that those 240 people are still suffering from that tonight. So many developments this hour. Nick Robertson is out front live along the Israel-Gaza border. Nada Bashir is in Jerusalem. I want to begin with you, Nick, because I know you just, uh, you've been hearing a lot of explosions, seeing flashes where you are. So what is the latest that you are hearing and learning about the fighting inside Gaza? Yeah, we're hearing some distant tank fire as well, as well as those occasional explosions. We're about six, six and a half miles from the center of Gaza City. The commander of the ground forces in there, the steel division, says that the troops are at the gates of Gaza City. 
The uh, defence minister described the combat there as fierce urban combat and has been talking about the anti-tank weapons that the Hamas uh, fighters are using. These anti-tank weapons are designed to pierce the armour, the protective armour that's on the tanks and these uh, up-armoured infantry fighting vehicles that the troops are in. And I think witness to that point, uh, the IDF announcing uh, 15 deaths over the past 24 hours for troops in Gaza. There are others who have been injured in that, uh, receiving blast injuries as well. But I think perhaps the strongest language that gives us a sense of the fight that's coming, of the motivation that's required for the troops in there, uh, from the commander of the IDF forces, General Harlevy, telling uh, the, the troops that they are in the middle of a battle, that this will be a long war, that they will fight to the end, that they're doing this for the country, for the good of the nation, but also saying very clearly that you are now in enemy territory. You're backed up by strong, accurate weapons, but you're in enemy territory. And I think that sets the scene of where the forces are at at the moment. It's very clear as they get deeper inside those uh, urban environments that Hamas is familiar with those environments and they have armor-piercing weapons and plans of how to use them against the IDF. So this is a very tough moment uh, for, the, for where the fight goes from here, Aaron. All right, Nick, thank you very much. As you said, just six miles uh, from where that fighting is going on and we know those Israeli troops are in there uh, now. They're there, not coming in and coming out. They're there overnight. And in Gaza tonight, a second IDF strike on the Jabalia camp. The IDF saying it was a targeted strike on Hamas. Of course, though, many innocent civilians also appear to have been killed. Nada Bashir is out front in Jerusalem, and I want to warn you that some of the images in her report are graphic. Chaos and horror at Gaza's Jabalia refugee camp. Wounded children rushed to nearby ambulances. The latest casualties of Israel's relentless aerial bombardment. This densely populated neighborhood gripped by panic and sheer disbelief. A second Israeli airstrike in less than 24 hours. I lost my whole family, Abdel Karim says, holding a list of those killed just today. My sister's house was struck with her children inside. My brother's house too, with all of his children. There is no one left except for me and my younger brother. They were innocent. What did they do to deserve this? Israel's defense force says it was targeting a Hamas command and control complex in Jabalia. Hamas fighters said to be among those killed. But Jabalia is home to more than 100,000 civilians, according to the UN. And while the full extent of the civilian death toll remains unclear at this stage, Gaza's civil defense authority has described this latest disaster as a massacre, with more casualties and more fatalities added to the list of hundreds said to have been killed or wounded in Tuesday's airstrike. This situation is beyond belief. Many have been killed, bodies have been left burned and charred by the airstrike, this doctor says. There isn't a hospital in the world that could cope with this kind of situation. We're having to treat patients on the floor and in corridors. The scale of the destruction at Jabalia is difficult to grasp. Many residents are still buried beneath the blackened rubble. Rescue workers and civilians dig side by side, desperate to find survivors. 
This house had 15 people in it, but we still haven't been able to find any of them, Hassan Ahmed says. We have no equipment. We are digging alone. And look, Erin, we've seen these airstrikes continuing to bombard parts of northern Gaza. This is an area where the IDF has warned civilians and residents to evacuate southwards, warning that those airstrikes will intensify. But as we have seen over the course of the last three weeks, more than three weeks now, those airstrikes are continuing across the Gaza Strip, not just in the north, but in central and southern Gaza, too, in so-called safe zones, including areas where many are sheltering, including UN schools. And for many inside Gaza right now, the fear for them is that there is simply nowhere safe to turn. Erin? Mm. All right, Netta, thank you very much. Netta Bashir, as we said, in Jerusalem reporting tonight.